welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. When I'm on the lookout for podcast guests, I keep the phrase, Boomer Women, general interest, front of mind. When I read today's guest's profile, my first reaction was, whoa, business smarts. Here's the opening sentence. A self-made businesswoman who built a national mortgage company during the biggest financial crisis in the U.S., Laura is a lauded executive, keynote speaker, podcast host and esteemed guest, blogger, and best-selling author. I'll be honest, I was thinking she'd be too business-focused for my general interest umbrella. And then I read the second sentence. What started as a personal challenge, her Say Yes Every Day daily blog has exploded into a mindset movement inspiring a nation aching for positivity. I knew I needed to know more. So let's just jump right in. Laura Brandeo, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Thank you very much for having me today, Agnes. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Let's start at the beginning. What prompted you to say yes and every day? Yes, yes. And I will explain because it's not what you would instantly think about. All right. So I'm going to take you back. You had read that. Yes, I started a national mortgage company in June of 2007 during the entire crash of subprime lending. So from 2007 to 2018, I was building a company. I was in the grind every day. I was head down, focused, working on my business. And then in 2018, there was a shift in the market at that time. And it's something called margin compression. So what that means is that you could do the same amount of business, but you make less. So you technically have to double the amount of business you do to make the same amount that you were making previously. So here I am, it's 2018, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm considered I'm the mama bear of the company, right? I need to take care of all of my little baby cubs and make sure that my team is protected. So when my phone rang in March of 2018 and someone on the other end said, Laura, we would like for you to come to a conference, get up on a stage and speak to everyone. I said, yes, okay, wonderful. I had never done that before. I had never gotten outside of my company. I know what I'm doing inside my walls of my company, but out on a stage or speaking in front of people, that really scared me. So maybe about two weeks before the conference, I get an idea. I'm a businesswoman. I'll just call one of my guys and be like, hmm, how would you like to go and be on a stage in California? And he said, of course, Laura. 
And then my phone rang again. And it was that same promoter. And he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I, I, I have someone else that's going to go up for me and he'll be fabulous. And he said, no, 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 no. You're getting up on that stage. You're going to do this. I want you. A couple of things happened, Agnes. One, maybe he sees something in me that I don't see in myself. Maybe there's a reason why I needed to get up on that stage. And for the next two weeks, I listened to YouTube videos and I read books about how to be a great speaker, how to project, how to, you know, dress and whatever the image and all that. And I got up on that stage and something happened. As I was coming off the stage, I had a line of women waiting to speak to me. I'm thinking, oh my God, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> did I say something wrong? And these women came up to me. And they said, Laura, thank you. And I said, for what? They said, we never see women executives up on stages. We only see men in the mortgage industry. There's not a lot of women that get to your level. And you got up there and you showed us that we can do that too. And Agnes, in that moment, I realized that when I let my fear hold me back from saying yes to that opportunity, I wasn't just holding myself back. I was holding back all the other people that needed to hear me or needed to see me or needed to know what I had to say. And in that moment, I decided that I will never, ever, ever close my mind. And that's what say yes every day is. It's not saying yes to everything. That's not what it is. It's allowing your mind to realize that there's things that you're making decisions about every single day. And you have to be open to what's coming to you and making those judgments as to, is this something that maybe I should go a little out of my comfort zone? Maybe I should share my voice. Maybe I should try something I've never done. Maybe I need to take that meeting that maybe I don't even understand why I'm having this meeting. Maybe you need to just to get that connection. And in that moment, everything changed. I started women's groups and I was on television shows and became best-selling authors. And I was in magazine after magazine and podcasts and, and just ripples of ripples of ripples all because of that one event. Okay, <laughs> we're going to continue with your story. But I got to tell our listeners, this is a, a major time when I am wishing that we were using the, the camera as well. I like photographing because everybody knows that we talk on Zoom. And listeners, Laura doesn't talk with her hands and her arms. She talks with her entire body. I do. <laughs> it's so much fun watching you. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so how has saying yes affected your life since 2018? Everything. I mean, like I said, I had, it's a lot about people coming into my life. Okay, that was the biggest change before maybe I wasn't as open to making connections to people that didn't exactly fit into my life. But what was interesting is when I stopped trying to overanalyze everything, when I stopped saying, well, if I do this, this will happen. 
all of a sudden, everything happened exactly the way it was supposed to happen. And it was funny. I would have a conversation. Let's just say I have a conversation in January with someone and it's fine. It's a great conversation. And then all of a sudden, fast forward, I'm in November of the same year. And I'm like, heck, I need someone that is an expert in this. And that person from January was an expert in that. And all of these things came together. All of from from, like I said, even the example of writing the book, when I decided to write the book and I needed a publisher, I needed someone to help me. That was one of those loose connections that I had met like six months prior. I didn't know how that person was going to connect into my life or how that person would actually be the person that got me to my publisher. I didn't understand it when it happened. But now it's not for me to question. It is for me to live my life to the fullest and accept people to come into my life and events to happen to just being open to it. Because we have preconceived notions. We believe if I do one thing, the second thing is going to happen. Well, that could happen. But if it doesn't happen, it's still for something. It's still going to connect to something later in your life. Maybe something that you won't even remember is the reason why it came together. Life is happening for us, not to us. We have to open our minds and expand the fact that not everything is analytical. Not everything is black and white. It's interesting listening to you say that because at my age, as I get closer to 70, I've obviously been in the workforce for a lot of years. And when I was raising my kids, I always said, you know, keep your nose clean. You know, like, don't offend every, don't burn the bridges. And one line I always use, like I've used for I don't know how many years is I was networking before networking was even a thing. You know, so it does, it might like, to be years later and you go like, this person, whether it's perfect for you or perfect for a colleague or a friend or whatever. Yeah, just having those connections. It's so important. It's so vital. It's vital. Being a connector without expecting anything in return is probably one of the greatest blessings you can have. Like, it's interesting. As I started to get outside of my comfort zone, right, it started with writing the book. And then I realized as I became more and more influential, especially as a woman executive in the mortgage industry, I decided that if people wanted to hear my voice or people wanted to read what I had to write, I was going to use that to spotlight other people. And that's where I started podcast. And I have two mortgage columns, magazine columns. The columns are spotlighting other women because I realized that if I have that gift, if I have the ability to make it so that people stop and take notice of other people, then I need to share it. I cannot, I cannot squash that. I cannot just look at what's in it for me. What's in it for me is me sharing my gift to help other people. And that is a ripple that will continue to make just overall in our entire world better. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm also hearing from you is the fact that, you know, maybe people don't need to hear what you're saying or don't need to read your exact words, but they need to see you in that position that you want to be or they want to be in. You are the role model or whatever you want to phrase that term as these days. I agree. And it's changed. Agnes, I can tell you, when I first took that stage in 2018, it was odd to see a woman executive up there. 
I can honestly tell you in 22, it is no longer strange to see a woman up there. And I'm not the only one anymore. Now I have, I have full stages of women executives now. So, but I think to myself, if I didn't say yes to that moment, if I was too scared or, or correction, if that gentleman that I'm still very good friends with, if that gentleman didn't say, no, you're doing it. then I could have stopped many other women from having that opportunity. And that's why we all have to say yes every day to sharing that piece of ourselves because it does make a difference. A really big part of my message, both within my, my business and my podcast and my world, is boomer women, uh, for the most part, are probably too old to actually change the world. But I want to be the role model for the women who will change the world, like that next, gen- next generation. I, I think we all have the ability. I think we all have the ability because, like you said, no matter every single one of us, what we do affects someone else. And as people are watching, our children are watching, our grandkids are watching, our team members are watching, our people are watching. And sometimes you don't even realize the impact you are making because maybe you don't hear it. I, I will tell you, you know, at, when I first started doing lots of things, right? At first, I'm like, man, this is exhausting. This is a lot of work, right? And sometimes you get down where you're like, is it making a dent? Is it making a difference? I can assure you it is. It's making monumental differences. And to your point, there's generations now being changed. I mean, I mean, Agnes, think about it. And, and it's funny, I'm giving a speech in, in June to one of my groups. And I decided it's going to be something along the line of how far women have come, right? And I was thinking about it, right? My mother's generation, my mother's generation, she tells me stories of having to take a pregnancy test when she would go for a job interview, right? As a secretary, she used to have to take a pregnancy test. Now I can't, I can't even comprehend that, right? Like in my brain, I can't even comprehend that. That was, that was only one generation back. If you go two generations back, my grandmother was born in 1888. Women couldn't vote, you know, during that time, right? So that's only my grandmother. So think about two generations from us, right? What the world will be like for the women and the girls that will be born during that time. And that's why we have to keep making these changes because every little thing adds up. I did a keynote a number of, a lot of years ago now, and I talked about my mother's generation uh, who were young women during the war and how they, they took on jobs of responsibility, of strength, of life threatening things. And then men came back from war and women were basically said, okay, back, back to your kitchens now. We don't need you anymore. And, and just how hard it was and, and basically how far we have come since my mother, my mother's generation, I guess. She wasn't sent back to the kitchen because she would have slugged somebody. To... <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, so, so have you always had a problem with positivity? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have always been... Uh, let's go back to my mom again. My, there's three daughters and one son. 
And my mother raised all of us to have no limits. We were told at a very early age, the only person that can limit you is you. If you want to go and you want to, you know, if you want to be the astronaut to the moon, okay, you better, you better study and and make sure you go towards that path. You want to be the first woman X, whatever, do whatever. Okay. That's what you're doing. So I think it stems from very early on as a child of just no limits, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do, well, that's on you because it's only you that can prevent you from hitting that. So I do always look at everything as every day is a blessing, every day is a present, and I'm going to live it. I'm going to squeeze every single piece of positive out of this day because I don't get it again. I only get it once, and I'm not going to even leave one drop left by the end of today. I have some pretty strong ideas about the word failure. Can you address that? I don't believe there's anything that's a failure. I think they're only lessons. I don't, I don't think of anything as a failure. I think whatever didn't go as you had expected it is a lesson that we had to learn in order to grow and get past that. I don't think anything is truly a failure. Yeah, I, uh, I have this theory about what's a f- what the difference, I guess, between failure and didn't succeed. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as you say, things may not have come to fruition the way you wanted them. But, you know, perhaps that was a, a choice. Perhaps it gave you a different direction. Or perhaps it just, you know, it was a lesson in the in the making. And, and where do you go next? Right. I mean, I even think about go back to me starting a company in June of 07. If the whole entire mortgage industry wasn't crashing, if the company I was working for wasn't laying off everyone to the fact that I was afraid I wouldn't be able to pay my mortgage or take care of my family, I wouldn't have looked for an opportunity to start something new during a very risky time. Now, that played out extremely well and has been a blessing for me, but something had to go wrong in order to open my eyes to be aware of the next thing. Now, I didn't know how it would play out. I had no idea how it would play out, but I worked very hard and I built a phenomenal team and and made it so that we were able to do it together. You said in in the write-up that I opened with, um, a nation aching for positivity. I think right now the world is aching for positivity. Can you give us a a few, even baby steps? Yeah, I mean, a long time ago, I'm probably, it's probably over 10 years, I shut the news off. I did. I shut it off. And, And it was something that I realized it didn't make me feel good. And this is before pandemics and before, you know what I mean? This is even before any of that. I just realized I didn't feel good when I watched it. Now, I run a mortgage company. I have to know what's going on in the world. So don't get me wrong. I'm very aware of what's happening. But when you, the the news is very fear-based and the news will cause emotion. That's what it's doing. It's trying to rile you up and get you to have emotion. 
So you do have to be aware of what's happening and you can certainly get your facts. There's plenty of ways to do that. But I made the conclusion that I am going to feed my brain with only things that are going to serve me well. So I make a running joke that I'm a TED Talk junkie, that I love listening to TED Talks. And the way that I listen to TED Talks is that I don't go for a certain subject. I just randomly select it. And whatever comes, I learn about genetics and I learn about biology and I learn about marine stuff and I learn about positivity. So it doesn't matter what it is. I'm constantly feeding my brain, whether it's what I'm reading, whether it's what I'm listening to, whether it's what I'm surrounded by. I'm very protective of the tribe that I'm around, meaning that all of the groups that I belong to, I I cannot have that negativity cloud over me because I realize that I'm not the my best self when I surround myself with things that are very heavy or people that feed on gossip or, or bringing other people down or that type of thing, that doesn't belong in my life. And I'm, I protect it because I know that I can't be my best self if I'm not feeding my brain and my body with the right things. I do believe in meditation. I believe you should meditate at least even if it's 10, 15 minutes a day. I believe you need to be quiet with yourself and know yourself very well. And I think that adds to it also. I'm I'm glad you mentioned turning off the media, the news, whatever. Uh, The very first time I used that really strongly, I had a career in elder care. And after Princess Diana was killed in that car accident, oh my goodness, it went on for days and days and, and they were distraught and they were despairing. And it was just, and finally I got up at lunch one day and I said, I understand, but all of you need to turn off the TV and the radio for at least 48 hours. Yeah. This constant onslaught. It was, I was just watching them all, you know, they're already frail and elderly and they're just going lower and yes. lower and lower. It, it really, it's, it literally yeah. sucks. It sucks life out of you. It, it yeah. does. And I remember, you know, that was a good example. And I remember September 11th. I mean, September yeah. 11th, you, you, and the thing is, is I, I was, I was pretty young then. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't look away. Like I literally yeah. was, I yeah. was consumed by it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even turn away. And when the pandemic started, I think we all went that way again, where you couldn't turn away because you were trying to get information and you were trying to, but they really didn't have information. It was just more of this, you know, build up of fear. Well, and drama. Yes. Drama seems to, to rule the, the airwaves in, in many ways. Correct. On your website, you say, the biggest thing that I learned is that if you go into every situation with no preconceived notions or expectations, you can do anything. Unpack <laughs> that. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Because I really do believe that people go into everything thinking that they know how it's going to turn out. But here's the problem. If it doesn't turn out the way they expect, they stop doing it. So let's use us as an example. Okay, so we're meeting each other for the first time. We're having this lovely conversation. But let's say before I join this call, I'm like, okay, after this happens, I know that I'm going to receive a call from Oprah. 
and I know that Good Morning America is going to call me and ask me to, and all these things in my mind. And then that doesn't happen. Well, then I'll be like, well, that was a waste of my time. I didn't get anything good out of that. That I'm never going to do that again. And that's wrong. That is wrong. Because this moment in time, if one person out there hears this, and here's one little nugget that says, you know what? I relate to that. I get that. And there's been times that I've held myself back because of fear or because I didn't think it was worth my time to do it. And I'm going to change my perspective. If one person hears that or does that, we made a difference in the world today. And that is even more important than Oprah and Good Morning America. Well, I don't have any contacts at Good Morning America because I, <laughs> I am in Canada. Um, but I just made a note while you were talking to, I'll just DM Oprah when we're done. There you go. I appreciate that. <laughs> that is on my bucket list for one day to meet Interestingly, <laughs> I know a few women for whom Oprah is on the bucket list. So. Yes, yeah, she is on my bucket list. <laughs> Not the Good Morning America, but, but Oprah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, the, the next question might be more for more of our listeners than many people realize. You also say on your website, you see, I've been lurking around. When I write, it's 100% from the heart and I never review it or go back to double check it because it may cause me to second guess myself and get scared about putting it out into the world. Now, I can so relate to the second guessing part. Do you really write and keep moving? I do. Um, and how, how do you not listen to yeah. that? Or maybe I should and, say, and how do you not listen? And, and honestly, Agnes, it's everything. It's every podcast. It's everything I write. It's every, every video. If, you, if anyone follows me on social media, Every video you see, everything that I write, every, everything you have out there, I never go back because if I do, I will change it. I will second guess myself. I will, I will start to analyze, well, maybe someone will interpret this this way. Or maybe if this person reads it, they'll think I'm speaking about them. Or if I, whatever, whatever runs in my brain. So I decided when I was going to start this, it comes from my heart, it's sincere, it's truthful, it's honest, it's accurate at that moment, and I will not go back, I won't watch anything again, I won't rewrite anything again, I will not change anything, because that is a picture of that moment in time. There is no changing it. That's it. I'm going to slide slightly sideways here because it reminds me of um, this person I used to know a bunch of years ago who, you know, when you look back and you say, oh, that was a bad decision. And, and what he said is a bad decision is the best available data. That's right. At that moment. Yeah. That's right. So in just what you said, like right now, what I'm writing is real. If it's not real next year or whatever, then so be it. But yeah, in this moment at this time. That's exactly right. I mean, think about it. Think about us in 2022 versus if we were having this conversation in, you know, let's say January of 20. We were different people. We all have changed since the pandemic, right? Whatever way we've changed, we're different than when we were in that moment in time. You can't 
go back and change that moment in time because that was that moment. And this is this moment. And this is who we are. When we do a video, this is what we look like. This is what we sound like. Be yourself. Be who you are because you are the light to the world right now. You're here in this moment in time because you're supposed to be. Nothing happens by accident. Enjoy it. Don't try to modify it. Don't overanalyze it. Just be you in this moment. Just do you. I love that. Okay, I've already mentioned your business acumen, and I do want to touch on that for a few minutes. You also touched on it earlier. But at this point in time, first of all, we do have a lot of boomer women still in business or they're starting a business oh, cool. as a as a alternative to retiring. Like, you know, we're just too young to retire. Was it just survival? Like, why did you start a mortgage company during the financial crisis? It was survival. Honestly, I mean, and the funniest part about it, the funniest part about it. So here I am at that time. I'm in my 30s. Okay. I'm in my 30s. I have two kids, my husband, right? But I'm the main breadwinner because I was I was a high-level mortgage person already. And at that moment, I'm like, oh my God, they're laying everyone off. All these mortgage companies are, are closing. I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I call a friend, remember Connector. So I call my friend and I'm like, Stacy, I'm in trouble. Do you know any companies that maybe are not in trouble? Now, Agnes. She literally laughed at me because all the companies were in trouble during that time. We were all in trouble. Okay. So she's like, Laura, listen, I have a client in, in upstate, up in upper New Jersey, and he wants to open up a new division. And I'm like, I could do that. I, I, I could, I could start that new division. I could do that. So she's like, okay, you go up, you meet him. Okay. So I drive up and I meet him and I meet him for the first time. He says, Laura, Here's the plan. This is the funniest part. Here's the plan. No salary, no benefits, 100% commission. I swear to God, like I'm not making this up. 100% commission. But hey, if you do well, you'll do okay. But all right, well, the whole business is going to, to the bad part. So if you if you fail, no one will notice. All the companies are closing. So I'm like, oh my goodness gracious no salary, no benefits. So I got in the car and I called my husband and I'm like, Tony, all right, here's the deal. And my husband, God bless him. My husband said, Laura, you're going to take that job. You're going to take this opportunity. You're going to knock it out of the park because this is what's supposed to happen. And thank God I have that wonderful man that gave me the confidence to do it. And I showed up on a Monday with a telephone and a computer And he literally said, there's the company, go build it. And I just started calling mortgage companies, starting from A to Z, just introducing myself saying, hey, this is what I have to offer. And honestly, Agnes, within a year, I was doing $100 million in loans a month just from starting with nothing. Yeah, and I think you really hit a a note there, whether it was a tender spot or whatever. But by this age, so many marriages don't have that 100% support. And so to and I really, know that. Yeah. You know, so to, to believe in yourself strong enough, strongly enough to get past any other people's doubts, let alone your own, 
you know, I think that takes a strength, but also we're women. We can, we can do this. That, you know, you've got that, Agnes. And it needed to be a woman. It really did. And because we needed everything, we needed the ability to build a team from scratch. We needed to set the vision of this is where we're going. Right. And it's going to be hard. We're going to we're going to have to rally the troops and we're going to have to hold on. And we're jumping headfirst into this pool together. But I'll be there for you. Right. I'll be there to nurture you. I'll be there to guide you. I'll be there to celebrate you when you win. Right. So all of those things, it did take a woman during a very scary time, a time when the mortgage you were embarrassed to say you were in the mortgage business back then. It was a rough time. So how do people find their superpower? (laughs) Here's my secret. Here's my, here's my recommendation for this. It always works. Okay. You ready? All right. I've got a story about this one. So when the pandemic happened and everyone was trying to adjust to this stay at home, I got an idea of starting a weekly podcast that was called Survive and Thrive. And every week it was really, I actually, my second book is written on this. So What we did is every single week, I would have three people that I didn't know. So three strangers would come on and they would recommend three people they knew for the next week. So every Thursday, I met three strangers from all across the country where we would come on and they would speak about how life has changed for them and they were surviving and thriving through the pandemic. Okay, so about six months in, I was tired of hearing people say the same thing about surviving a pandemic. So I wanted to change the question. And I was also writing my book. So I decided, oh, these people will be great for me to find out what their superpowers are, right? Because it'll help me with the book. So the very first week, I'm changing the question. And I say, for example, Agnes, please tell us, what is your superpower? Well, Agnes, the first week I asked that question, People's faces just, they went like a ghost, right? And they were like, I, I don't have any superpowers. There's nothing special about me. Like, please go to the next person. There's nothing good here, right? And then I realized no one is comfortable saying what's special about them. They feel very awkward because we're taught in a society. Do you think you're special? There's nothing special about you. So we're, we're taught to tone ourselves down and to not share that we have some special gifts or superpowers. So I got an idea. The next week, when we were doing our prep call on Tuesday before, I told all of them that I need them to do a homework assignment. And I need them to go to one or two people that love them. Their spouse, their adult kids, their, their best friends, you know, someone that loves them. And say, I'm on this show, and I need to say my superpower. Well, Agnes, the most beautiful things started to happen. I had women, and it wasn't just women, there were men too. But I had women crying because they heard their husband that they've been married to for 20, 30 years for the very first time tell them, that they were the rock of the family, the person that always kept the family together and supported them and made sure that everything was always taken care of. We've had grown children tell their parents, 
you're the most positive and confident person that gave me the gift of confidence to become a nurse, to go on to medical school. Give me that. So each individual not only learned their superpower, they learned something from someone that loved them that they probably never heard in their entire lives. So how do you find your superpower? You go and ask that question. But most importantly, most importantly, when they tell you your superpower, do not challenge them. Do not say, oh, no, 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 no. That's not me. This No. Ask them why. Ask them why you feel that way. And then just embrace it. And then what you need to do is take that superpower and apply it to everything in your life. Because when you're sharing your superpower, that's when everything kind of just clicks. It all comes together. That's amazing advice. And I really like it because most of the people in my circle are other boomer women. And they play small. Mm. They play small. But they've been taught that way. Oh, yeah. They, no, no. That, no, I yeah. agree. Absolutely. But when the people that you love and that love you say, oh, my God, are you kidding? You do this you know, or you do that. All, all yeah. of a sudden, you're 10 feet tall, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as you say, embrace it. Yes. Absolutely embrace it. My next question comes from a business angle. Like I think you'd mentioned it in your profile. But I'm wondering if it might relate to life in general. What is the most important thing a leader or any person can do to motivate others? I believe that motivation is unique to that person. Because what motivates or inspires one person may not be the same thing for the other. So I believe the key to everything is relationship. You have to get to know the person before you know what they need in order to feel that inspiration or motivation. There is no one size fits all to ever give the answer to that. Because what's important to one may not be important to other. Yeah, the reason I wanted to sort of go there was by this age, a lot of yeah. women, they've run out of steam or belief or imagination, you know, in, within themselves. And yet, as friends, we, we know they have something still and, and to just motivate them. To... Okay, so I so now that I understand the context. Okay, sorry. Now yeah. that's all right. Now, now because I was picturing more like a team of workers. So now that I understand, like like where you were going with that. Okay, I honestly think the superpower exercise is a good place to start because then you get to know what the specialty is for that individual. Because the answer is still the same about it being unique, but I think you have to go internal. I think you have to realize, my God, women of any age, we all have something to give to the world. And like I said earlier, if you're still on this earth, you have work to do. Every single day that we wake up and we, we can breathe, right? We're, we're here. Your work is not done. So in terms of having something to look forward to or having something, I believe we all need a mission. 
And the mission changes. I, I have a podcast um, right now that I'm doing called What's Your Why? And I ask people, what's your why? And every single one of us, we all agree, our why changes, right? At, when we're younger and we're having children, of course, our why, everything is surrounded around our children, right? And then as we get older, our why may, may turn into like a legacy, right? I know for me right now, I, I'm very vocal that I have eight years left in the mortgage business. I'm very vocal about it. Everyone knows it. I have a date on my calendar. I know the date. That reason why I did that is because I have so much work to do to set the stage for all the women that are coming behind me that are going to take my place and all the things that I have to set up to make sure that this industry is ready for all those women leaders that are coming up. That's my mission. I'm working on that right now. Okay, that's important to me. Every woman out there has some reason to make a difference in this world because otherwise you wouldn't be here. So we have to find what that mission is and have a reason to get up in the morning, have something you're working towards. And we live in a glorious time. We could be doing this where I'm in Arizona and you're in Canada and we're, you know, here we are, we could be together. That is a, that's such a huge advantage. Find what you're passionate about. Learn what that mission is. And even if something today, you try something, you're like, that didn't light me up. Go to the next thing. Just change to the next thing. It's okay. It's all right. You don't have to have the next 10-year plan. You just have to have today's plan. How am I going to make a positive impact on this world today? Matter of fact, Agnes, today, we are recording on March 1st, which is National Compliment Day. You know what? Just today, go out and compliment every person you meet, every person you come in contact with, every person online, every social media, every point. Just tell someone why they're great. Share that with someone. That's your mission today. Well, and this will not go live today. I know. But whatever day, what, yeah, whatever day it is, it's every day is a good day to give someone a compliment. Two, two thoughts as you were speaking is, you know, you were talking about you have your end date for this current life. And, you know, there's going to be there's so much more that can be done. But your finish line is going to be someone else's start line, which means further generations of women Correct. will just take it further and further and further. Correct. Yeah. That is exactly right. And then in terms of superpower, you know, when you're looking at your friends and if you're the one with the energy is to say, like, don't wait for them to say, because they probably never will. What's my superpower? Go and tell them that they have these amazing abilities, superpowers, whatever you want to call it. And maybe, you know, just it may take time, but maybe they will find that energy and revitalize. And, and it's funny, Agnes, when I was writing my book, I had to ask people what my superpower was. I did the exercise myself. And I went to numerous people in my professional and my, my personal life. They all came out with a similar answer, but I couldn't even come up with my own. So it just goes to show you, share what other people's superpowers are. Whatever way you want to phrase it, gifts, blessings, whatever, whatever terminology you want to use, share that with someone because they need to hear it. You know, and a lot of those things that when they go out, they come back, don't they? <laughs> you got that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. 
Okay, let's talk about you for a minute. And thank you. This has just been so energizing. It's uh, it's great. Let's talk about your book. Yes. It's, what do you want to know? Okay. <laughs> well, first of all, title, where do we find it? Yes, yes. So my first book is Say Yes Every Day, Discovering Your Superpowers. And it's on Amazon. So by all means, you know, it's it's their Kindle version, regular, you know, soft copy. And then my second book that I was mentioning is Say Yes Every Day. Everyone has a story. And that's interesting because I because I mentioned it. I took 12 people that were on that podcast. And I, I actually, what happened was I emailed 59 people and I said to them, I will take 12 people that were on my podcast and pay for you to become a published author with a chapter in my next book. I will have someone write it for you. All you need to do is go on a Zoom and tell your story. They will write it for you. They will edit it for you. I will take care of everything for you. All I need is for you to go on a Zoom, say yes to this, go on a Zoom and be part of the book. Out of 59 people, only 12 people said yes. Wow. But and I used <laughs> they are it, in the book. <laughs> they are, but I used it as an example of, so why did people not say yes. And I asked, I met with people that didn't. And I said, I have, because I'm so passionate about saying yes to the opportunities and to life, I need to know, why did you say no? Are you ready? Why do you say no? Yeah. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think my story was good enough to share with other people. I didn't think that my family and friends would appreciate that I did that because it looks like I'm trying to be better than other people. Agnes, my mind was blown. These are the things that people think about, the things that keep people exactly where they are because they don't want to change or expand. Some people were fearful that there was some catch. There was no catch. They never paid $1. I never asked them to do anything but tell their story. And yet, that holds people back. And so say yes every day. And the lesson to all of that is we have to be accepting to the world that is around us. Because do your due diligence. I'm not saying... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please don't don't think I'm saying there are bad people out there. So I'm not saying everyone is going to get the opportunity I did. But the point of it is, is that sometimes it is meant for you and you have to just accept your present. It's funny as you were talking about that and I'm, you're shaking your fists. Oh, um, <laughs> is, I didn't believe it. I, I was shocked. <laughs> well, my one thought was too, as you're saying that is, I would have said, let me be the judge of that. Like, let me say this story isn't what I'm looking for. Just and I And I had, and I had, I told them whatever the story was important for them to share with the world, that was the story. I had no judgment over if that's their story that they want to share. That's the story. I, nothing was ever changed. You know what I mean? Like it was literally their words, their message, everything. 
Now, it changed some people's lives. There are people in that out of the 12 that have gone on to take my chapter and turn it into their own book. So there are people that used it as a platform to grow even further, which is, which is exactly what I wanted. That was the gift I was hoping to give them, is that they could see that their story is bigger than a chapter, that it needs to be an entire book. I think, too, that even if your story in your own mind is a small one, and maybe in reality it's a small one, it still may be what someone else needs to hear because it's just, it may be a big step for them. What seems inconsequential for you might still be an incentive for the person reading it. That's right. And I believe everyone's story needs to be told. I really do. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I had a career in elder care. Tell me about it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so many of those, I mean, the majority of those people said, oh, I don't have anything to say about my life. I had the most boring life. And I'm going, oh, my God, no. you know, you were a first in this and you were a first in that. And you experienced from, you know, motor cars through to jets, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, that in itself. Right. And that was it's funny that you say that, Agnes, because that's one of the reasons why I wrote Say Yes Every Day. I wrote Say Yes Every Day because I thought to myself, in the future, you know, when we're no longer on this planet, a book is forever. A book is forever. So although, like, I wanted that written word for my grandchildren, for my great-grandchildren, like, I want them to know who I was. At that moment in time, in 2020, when I wrote that book, I want someday my great granddaughters in the future that aren't even on this earth. You know what I mean? They don't (laughs) exist at this moment. Like I want them to say, man, my grandmother was one tough cookie. Look at what she was doing. Right. That's what I want. And that's why everyone needs to share that story. Well, and even the history, gee, I think it was about a year ago, I interviewed someone who wrote story. So capturing your mother's story or your, oh, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and just even to engage instead of saying, you know, like, uh, well, what's your story? You know, like, oh, mom, in my life, I do this. Like, how would you have handled that? Or, yeah. you know, and, and so now, like, if we're writing our own story, our granddaughters and our great granddaughters are going to say like, oh, my God, can you believe what grandma went through or like what she had to live with or you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, believe me, I wish I could have seen my grandmother's story. Like, I wish I could have, right? I would have loved to have heard her thoughts of what it was like when women couldn't vote or, oh. you know, when it, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine it. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. And just a little side comment here to everybody that's listening is if you have stories from your mother or your grandmother, capture them, capture them while they're fresh. Okay, uh, so that's your books. Um, you're a columnist for Women with Vision magazine. I'm just going to go down the list here. <laughs> yes, I am. And Mortgage Women magazine. I don't know if that was on there at that time. But yes, I have two columns now. Okay. Thrive Thursday? Yeah, that's the book. Yes, that's my oh. podcast with the book. Yes. Oh, okay, great. And your podcast is available, I take it. Everywhere. Yep, all iTunes and all that all kind the of rest stuff. Of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, before we close, what haven't we talked about that you want mid-age women to think about? 
either as they look at retirement or as they look at avoiding retirement with maybe a business adventure? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that we have so much to give. I believe that sometimes as we get older, we start to think to ourselves, oh, I'm past my prime, or I've already missed that opportunity. You have not missed any opportunity. Because remember what I've been saying. Things come to us when they're supposed to come to us. And what I knew in my 30s when I started that company, I didn't know anything. I honestly, I don't even, I don't even know how I built that company the way I did. I think it was just the timing of the market was so crazy that a lot of things lined up for me. And that was supposed to happen at that time. I can't imagine that ever happening again in my life. But my opportunities that are going to come to me now are coming because of the place in my life I'm in at this moment. Don't look back. Don't ever think, oh, I missed this or I didn't do that. Look forward and realize that you have so much knowledge and so much expertise and so much grace and so much beauty and so much to give to this world. You're only moving forward. So don't, no regrets. That's the biggest thing. Take every day, squeeze every ounce out of it, and you can do anything that you put your mind to. I think I've just noticed this because you are very animated. But that particular question, that last message, is something I ask most of my guests, and I just realized how many of them move closer to the camera. It's, I it's, did. Yes. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I realize how many people have done that. But I think I noticed it more with you because you have been sort of all over the, the map in terms of uh, animation. Where do people find you online? Yes. So my website is, you can go to laurabrandeo.com. Connect to me on LinkedIn. If you're on LinkedIn, connect to me on Facebook. Um, everything that I post is positive. I never, ever post anything that, you know, I'm, I started this thing two years ago called Motivational Monday. And Motivational Monday is, is just a piece of motivation. You know, this, this week I was speaking about some days you may have a gray day, meaning maybe you're not feeling your normal self or maybe something negative is happening. But we have to change our perspective and take a moment to revamp our brains and kind of have a reset to be able to make our life colorful again. So I give little tips about how to be stay motivated. And although I might mention it's the end of the month in the mortgage business, the rest of the message is about <laughs> motivation. So, you know, be connect to me. I love connecting to people and I love celebrating people and, and being there. I love the happy anniversary and happy birthday and pictures of the dogs and, and grandkids. And I believe that in life, we should all support each other and celebrate each other. And so by all means, connect to me. I will be there to celebrate you. Share the joy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. And listeners, if you go to the website, there are links to everything we've just mentioned. So that, that might be an easy way, but I'll put it all in the show notes as well. If you have comments on today's show, oh my goodness, like what comments don't you have? <laughs> it's just so, so energizing. Thank you. If you have comments on today's show, you can leave them where you're listening or at twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation. 
Feel free to leave stars. They help us grow. And hit the subscribe or follow button before you go, and then you'll be notified about future interviews with more of my great guests. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would, there's an application form at the website too. Laura Brandeo, thank you so much for being my guest today and just sharing your energy. My goodness. It has been truly a pleasure. All the best, Agnes. Thank you. And you also have a great rest of week.